brothers and sisters, welcome to episode seven. Today we are going to talk turkeys, and uh, right now, as I'm sitting down recording this, we are smack dab in the middle of turkey season, and we have been having an absolute blast, thanks to our guest today, Nathan Brewer. Um, he's an old high school friend of mine. Um, it was it was really nice to get him on here and, and talk about this kind of stuff, because I, I have never killed a turkey. Everybody sitting at that table, with the exception of Brewer, hasn't killed a turkey yet. So it, it was really nice to get somebody with some experience to kind of walk us through the basics, um, being rookies and all. Um, so without further ado, my friend, Nathan Brewer. All right, so here we are in Ray's Garage again. I'm your host, Brent Ruff. I'm sitting here with Adam Peterson. Hello, hello. Ray Cole. How you doing? His brother, Al Cole. How's it going? And Nathan Brewer. Hello. He's going to teach us how to kill some turkeys today. So... How long you been hunting turkeys, man? Since I was about ten, and thirty-one now. Yeah. And uh, how many turkeys would you say you've killed? Fifteen. Fifteen. So your success rate would would you say about seventy-five percent? I'd say. Nice. nice. You kill more in the spring, you think, or more in the fall? Spring. Yeah. Is that because they're more vocal? Yeah. Um. How have you ever? How many have you killed in the fall? Two. And that's what probably why you're out deer hunting and exactly. just come walking by with a bow. What's what's your uh, what's your weapon of choice? Shotgun. Yeah. Oh yeah. What what gauge? Twelve gauge. Three and a half. Yeah. Yep. Um. How many have you how many have you killed with a bow? Four. <clears throat> Four with a bow. And bow is the only, you can only use, the bow is the only, you, you can't hunt with out of a tree stand with a shotgun, right? It's only with a bow. Yep. Or a blind, right? Yep. No right. elevated platforms of any torque with a gun. Just a bow. Just a bow. And uh, no crossbow. No crossbow. No crossbow for you. Um, so, how, how much scouting do you do in, in the spring then before, uh, before you get out there? Quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And what are, you, what are you looking for while you're out there? Just put them to bed and watch them roost. Where they're at, where they're feeding during the morning, where they're going to at night. That's the easiest way to kill them. Okay. Okay. So so you're. How often do you uh, do you put them to bed? Just a week before season every night. Yeah. That's a good way to get a feel for it, I guess, huh? What do you mean when you say put them to bed? Watch them roost. Okay. That's. Is is there uh, like a like a certain species of trees they like to roost in? It all depends on what they're feeding on during the day. Does that matter which time of year it is usually? Or just no. what's around? Just wherever they decide to stop for the night. Yeah. Is it, pine trees, do they prefer? Because I've heard people say they prefer pine trees. I've never they, seen them roosting pine trees. No? I've always seen them roosting hardwoods. Really? What's the range on a turkey? What? How far do they move when they come down from the roost looking they for can, food? Or? They can go probably a half a mile. Okay. They always usually come back to the same area at night. They're, it's they're, wherever they're done feeding for the day. Okay. Sometimes they go to the I mean, they'll be in a general area, but right. they won't go to the same tree every night. Okay. So so they're not married to one spot? Then. No. No. Huh. So, like, <clears throat> when, when you... Do they usually use the open fields as for, like, uh, for mating purposes? Like, to go out there and strut their stuff? They will. <clears throat> yeah. So like just cleared grass fields. That's are they out there feeding usually, or, or are they just the out hands there? will? Yeah, and then the toms will show up just to 
just to get a little. You get a piece. Like, yeah. Like anything else in life, the males follow the females, so chase them around. <laughs> and they, and they, you know, because they, they got their uh, their visual cues, their their fans, which kind of like your guys' facial hair. Well, there's a lot of facial hair in this room right now. <laughs> Brewer's guy, what would you say what that is? About a 10-inch beard, an 8-inch beard? Something like that. And then we it's all a, know Mr. Mustachio's yeah. got some fancy facial hair going sure, on there. Sure. Doesn't help me kill birds, but. <laughs> How about get the chicks? I got one. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. She's a bit of a turkey. She likes a gobble gobble. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, man. So, when you, do you go in, do you apply for the early draw? Usually. Yeah. And you said earlier that you usually end up getting the early season and it's yeah. cold as shit. Yeah. They don't like cold. Not usually. Really? So, like, deer season, they all, you always think cold is good. Right. But. I mean, usually once everything starts warming up, they start moving a lot better in the sunlight. That's why they're out there strutting, dusting themselves. If it's wet and cold, they can't dust. They'll right. have to be mostly out feeding, hunting down. Like anything else, when they're a lot more comfortable, they're a lot more apt to be out actually doing things instead of just hanging out under a tree in the rain right or you know looking for food in a windstorm or whatever um we talked a little bit before hunting turkeys what's what's one of the the hardest things that you have to worry about as far as getting close to the birds is there anything in particular that you want to really be careful about um like scent control for deer you know obviously that's really important is it important as is this for turkeys as deer? Not at all. No, no. Nope. Can't smell, huh? No, then you got to beach their eyes. Nice. Nice. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it easy then. I've always heard that turkeys, I know they're really good uh, at seeing things. Can they hear pretty good too? Yeah. Or is it? But I mean, usually if you're doing their rustling leaves, right. they'll just probably think just another bird and they're scratching around. Sure. Or a squirrel or something. Or... But one little movement, they'll pick you off from a mile away. So and camo's then... pretty important then. Oh, of course. Everything. Hands, face, whole nine yards. Yeah, because so, we got Al Cole over here. He just bought, he's never been hunting ever, just got his uh, turkey license this year. Ray got his turkey tag. Adam, he's sitting this one out apparently. Yeah, I've got a full-time job. <laughs> right, yeah. You said, he's been busy it. as shit at work, so we all understand that. I, I got my turkey tag. I have yet to kill a turkey. This is my third time buying a tag. <laughs> last year I got, uh, I think we talked earlier on another podcast about how I got the, the uh, late spring season last year, and it just didn't work out real well. Right. But I got the early season this year, and I'm because I'm, I realized last year that they're a lot more vocal at the beginning than they are the end of their breeding season, right? Of course. Right. So basically if you're, if you're going to kill one like in May – you're more pattering, patterning them than they, than you are calling them, and right, okay, location, locate the birds, right. So now early season when they're being vocal, like what would be your setup in the morning? Like what time would you head out before dark? I mean before <laughs> before dark. Wow. Before dark. <laughs> Be, yeah, <clears throat> before sunrise or right after sunrise. I mean, if you know right where they're roosted, what you want to do is set up 150, 200 yards down away from them and get there before. It gets daylight, an hour and a half, hour before daylight. Okay. As soon as they come down, you call to them, draw them right to you, boom, it's over in 10 minutes. Now, what if you know, yeah, what if you know that there's birds in the area, but you haven't got a roosting site located yet? What would be the best thing to do in the morning? Just let out a few yelps and see what happens? Yeah. Wait till it gets daylight, sneak in there, call till you get a response, and then set up and try to bring them to you. Now, how often should you call 
It all depends if they respond real fast. I mean, if, you, if you don't get a response, I mean. If you're just blind. Until you get a response, walk around, take a couple steps. Like 20 minutes calls, in between, 10 minutes in between. Five minutes. Five minutes. Just keep covering ground until you get. Yeah, just keep moving. Yeah. Now, if you get one to respond, then what? You sit down. Work? Yep, sit down, hunker down, get your shit set up. Keep calling, wait 15, 20 minutes. If they don't hear them coming closer to you, then try to go a bit closer to them, cut the distance in half. So now, long distance calls, you're like box calls, yeah. right? So now, when you when you know they're coming in, do you switch to like a diaphragm call? Yeah, I always do. And then, what? Eventually, I want I want to get you on these calls so we can hear them. But uh, <laughs> like, so you're you're using more cuts, like you're not yelping then, right? Yeah. Or are you? Combination of both. Yeah, and then you're, you're just you're you're if you don't hear a response back from them though. Do you keep doing it, or you shut up and just kind of let them keep? <clears throat> just let work their way in. Yeah. Now, how when, like their body language, like I, like I've been hunting deer a long time. Like everybody that's been hunting deer a long time knows when they're getting spooked. You know, when when a doe knows that something's not right and she's about to take off, it, does a tom give any indication like that? <clears throat> oh yeah, if he's in full strut and he sees you move, he'll drop all of his feathers, poke his head up, and he's all on ass. Really? So does does a snood give in that little that the snood is is a is a big piece of skin that hangs over the beak, um, like a, a waddle attached to yeah. the waddle, sort of. Right, or? right. And and from my understanding, when they're relaxed, that thing is like a big old long noodle, and then when they get <clears throat> irritated or they know something's up, that shrinks right up. Yeah, shortens up to a point, right? Yep. So when that shortens up, you need to tucking around there, meeting ready to. Oh, ass. Right, so you need to touch off that trigger then oh, if yeah. you're going to take him. Now, turkeys, they're birds, but they don't necessarily fly to get around. They do a lot of running around on their feet, um, and they're surprisingly fast for as big of a bird as they are. Um, how fast would you say maybe they run? Or? Probably 15, 20 be my guess. Yeah, a lot faster than us. But, I mean, as soon as you flush them, their natural instinct is going to be to fly. They're right. not going to try to run unless they're in so thick a cover they can't fly. Okay. You talk about your setup, you know, you say you will get out there and get set up. What do you use? What's a typical setup? Um, I usually use a Jake and then two hand decoys. Okay. Do you have them face in any certain way? Like, usually put the hands out front and have the Jake coming towards them, or it doesn't really matter. It's a setup. Because usually when Tom's come in, they're going to tap that Jake first. Right. They're coming to whoop his ass and take his woman. It's more just a visual cue for them to kind of rely on instinct and emotion instead of actually thinking through what they're doing. You want to try and trick that animal into coming into your set so you have an opportunity to harvest it. Yep. Yeah, so uh, would the decoy setup make any difference if you had, say, a bow as opposed to a gun? Not necessarily, as long as you can get a good shot from any <coughs> angle. Because, I mean, they're going to come in in a straight line. They come in behind you. I've had them coming all the way behind me and walk right around me and then hit the decoys. I've had them come in running full sprint. Yeah, and... With a shotgun, you you're shooting them in the face, right? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's a headshot. Um, with a bow uh, shot placement, could you maybe walk us through that? Like, so you got your Texas heart shot. If he's if he's facing away, you want to put it right right in his butthole, right? Right. Right. So it, now, if he's facing broadside, where do you want to put that arrow? Right, and right where their wing meets their body. Yeah, so right right in, right where that rib cage would be then, or right where their neck and their breast meet. Yeah. Okay. Um, if they're facing you. Right where they're natching their breast meat. Yeah, so, so basically the same thing as a deer. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that makes it pretty simple then. Yeah. Well, it's... Now in Michigan, we were, we were talking a little bit earlier before we were, hit record that uh, 
you need to have a certain size broadhead for the state of Michigan. Do you remember what size that was? No, I don't think there actually is a specific size. I just think you want to use at least two or more. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's not like they got ones that are the size, you know, of a big old balloon or like a deer. Right. They're ones that are probably the size of a, end of a beer can. Okay, I gotcha. Now, uh, so let's uh, your your long range calls, your Yelps. Could you make you? Is that your box call mm-hmm. or is that uh, okay? <coughs> so you you want to let one of them rip? Just like that. Just like that. How important is cadence? I mean, the more you play with it, if you're just starting out, the better you're gonna be. Now. But if it's peak time and he's ready, they'll come to whatever you can do. It sounds is, like a turkey. Or is even there a right or a wrong way to do it? Is there a more effective way uh, if somebody's just starting out? Is I mean, I'd go probably three to four okay. in a row and then stop, wait, three, four minutes. Just listen, see if you can get a response. Yep. And then if you get a response, you continue to call to them to yep. get them to come into you. Or if you don't get a response, you get up and move towards them or... Yeah, if it's been 15, 20 minutes and you don't see any birds or they're not responding, just pack up and try to sneak closer in the direction okay. you heard them gobbling from. Now, if you you, know, if you hear them gobble, <clears throat> like they're like a ways how fast can they cover ground, you think? Do they, do they, do it they... all depends. Sometimes, you know, the older ones, they're going to be smart. The younger ones, they're going to come in hauling ass. <laughs> like I said, I've had them come over the hill and come sprint right to the decoys and start jumping on the decoy every time before you've got time to pull your diaphragm outside of your cheek and put it in your mouth to crawl. Tell you, man, the more I hear about turkey hunting, the more it sounds like deer hunting. I mean, you know, it, yeah, a year and a half old deer is the same thing. He's going to come charging in. Right. I mean, if it's if it's the time, if it's on hardcore and he's ready, as soon as he sees that decoy with them two hands, he's coming with that ass. If you like turkey, if you like the store-bought turkey, your best bet is to stick with that because a wild turkey doesn't have... It's all dark meat. Yeah, it doesn't have any of that delicious buttery flavor that you get you know from no a you're not going to get a 35 pound bird right you know a big wild turkey is 25 to 27 pounds 28 right. pounds and they're, a, they're a lot tougher or just yeah so, i mean you're not sitting in a cage getting fat their whole life they're right. moving flying yep surviving well, yeah they're not eating you know whatever right cage turkeys turkey food you buy at <laughs> right. the feed mill you know right but yeah basically but you talk like, about the beard and the spurs when we talk about whitetail, a lot of people hunt for the antlers. You're, you're hunting for a turkey with a longer beard and bigger spurs. How do they measure? Is it just length? Yep. Um, so, like, what would an average tom turkey be? Eight inches, six inches? It all depends on how old they are. Okay. Older they so, get, so the longer the beard. How about a, okay, so a Jake would be like a one year old turkey? One to three. Okay, so, well, one to three is a Jake. I'd call it one to three. I mean, one, maybe use two and a half, you'll get maybe a three inch beard. Four inch wow. beard, but usually four and bigger are gonna have your eight, ten. So it takes a while for them to come into maturity. It's not just you know like a deer. You say a year and a half year old deer, you're talking almost a full size deer at that point. Um, they get bigger, but at that point they've pretty much grown up all the way, for the most part. But a turkey takes longer to grow, or it just takes longer to grow that beard. Grow that beard out longer. Okay. Yeah, because you know. We talked earlier about you know coyotes yeah. and, their, and their population. So I mean, they, they got plenty of predation, which is right. kind of astonishing that they've done this well. <clears throat> you know, for as many coyotes as we have running around. Coyotes, possums, coons, red yeah. hawks. Oh yeah, hawks. yep, yep. Hawks, owls, bobcats, all nine yards. Yep. Yeah, the, the state of Michigan, the DNR has done an outstanding job. Of, they're relocating projects and, and and getting everything going with that. I've actually killed quite a few coyotes turkey hunting. 
Really? I, that, yeah, I was. Yeah. I, I was going to get into that. I was going to ask you how many times you get some uh, some predators. Usually every out. other year, I'll get at least one or two coyotes. Now, and you mentioned earlier when you hunted uh, when you were younger, you had to go north to hunt. Oh yeah, because you, could, you couldn't hunt down here until we didn't even had birds until two thousand and three, four. Okay, yeah, and we're in Berrien County. If you don't know where that that's at, that's you know the bottom south southwest uh, corner of Michigan. Yeah, about as far as you can go. <laughs> yeah, almost to the Indiana state line. <clears throat> Paradise. Um, right. So, and uh, I mean, how hard was it to get a tag up there? Not too hard. We always had private property to hunt on, so we usually drew tags every year. So if you had, if you wanted to hunt public land, it'd be tougher. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, and uh, when did you say 2004? You you started to hunt down here. Yeah. And how? I mean, they were pretty well established by then. Yeah. You, you did you kill one that year, the first year? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what me and my best friend killed too. That we were there done in 15 minutes that year. That's awesome. How much work goes into before you head out for the first time? Uh, you said you do a lot of scouting the week before. Is it something that you kind of work on all year long, or is it just something like, you know... It's just in the springtime. Just when the springtime gets there, it's time to get out the turkey yeah. gear, dust it off, check everything again, and, and get ready to go. Now, if, you know, like if you got your box call, box call out there and they're, and they're being stubborn and won't answer, do you ever switch to anything else like a... Use a crow call, owl call. I've heard about that. I was watching a few YouTube videos. That's, that's pretty... <clears throat> what, what makes them respond to an owl call? I have no idea. Why wasn't it was found with a crow, or a crow call? Right. Yeah, that's competition from different bird, or... I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, that was, I thought that was really strange. I I didn't know that was a common practice, though, so. Oh, shit. Um, so you, you've you only killed Easterns, because that's all we have around here, right? Yep. Right. So there there's a couple different subspecies of turkeys across the country. Um, Easterns are basically the meat of it. I mean, they pretty much, it's the whole right. East Coast, I mean. <laughs> Up to here in Michigan, um, and they're I, th- I think the the biggest out of, out of all of them. I don't know any different, but w- the easterns are when you think of a turkey, that's the turkey that you're thinking of. Um, the a wild lot of the turkey. Other turkeys, yeah, that, that they have the subspecies. They tend to look a little different, um, be a little different coloration, uh, different size. The uh, yeah the the Mexican wild turkey, which is now extinct, actually is is where all of our domestic turkeys came from. Um, but you can't, you can't find any of those anymore. Um, and then you got the, the Osceola down in Florida. They, they look, yeah, I'll take, they look, uh, similar to the Eastern, if I remember right, that they're so more bright colors. Yeah. The, the one I, that I really enjoy is the Miriam. I think they look really pretty. Yep. They got, they got the, West. Yep. Yep. They're out in the, the Rockies. That, that teal color. Um, well, they got, they got a real, uh, you know, on their, on their fan, the outer, the outermost line is white instead of like okay. our eastern turkey is brown right it just it makes it pop more i think it looks really cool but they're a lot smaller right in size yeah yeah spurs and beards are a lot smaller right <clears throat> so when you field dress a turkey do you ever look at oh god damn i can't remember what the hell that thing's called now the thing collects uh crap yep there you go do you ever check that out to see what they've been eating of course and the gizzard too cut that open and see what's in there what do you usually find in there where you're corn at? soybeans Corn and soybeans. Hmm. Just rocks like, and their gizzard. So you find rocks? Yeah. yeah. They use that to grind it up. Mm-hmm. How, so what's what's your process for kind of, kind of uh, well, field dressing one? Lay them on their back, 
cut them open right at the end of their breastbone and their ass. Pull all the guts out. If you want to do a whole bird, you can pluck it. You can skin it. All I do is I take the two breasts out, cut the back legs off, and then you're done. Okay. Pretty simple, I know. Yeah. Do you prefer, when you do the whole bird, um, do you prefer to pluck it or to skin I'd it? i skin it. Yeah, just easy. Saves time or... Yeah. When, uh, when you shoot one, we're talking if you shoot it with a bow, center body mass, that you pretty much got to chase on your hands. Yeah, well, if you got a bait in a broadhead and punch it in a hole, you don't need to go that far. <clears throat> so now... If you take their head off, you ain't got to go nowhere. They'll just flop around dead. Right. Now, if they take off running and you take running after them, I mean, what's 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 the uh, what's the protocol there? Just stomp their head, or I mean, grab a hold of them, step on their neck, try to wring the neck or, or break the neck. Um, now, do you you ever get spurred trying to do that shit? Never had that problem. I've seen some pictures online recently, actually, so, uh, down south. It's turkey season, um, and one in a couple of them states, and somebody posted a picture, and their hand was cut wide open from the spur. <laughs> Damn it, man. You right, yeah. gotta be careful picking them up too. When you after you say you blast one in the head and it's done with the shotgun, you walk up there and you don't know what you're doing. You grab a hold of that spur or go right in the palm of your hand. It's not fun. Now that, like a thorn, right? Oh yeah. That is the ideal shot for a turkey with a shotgun would be in the head. Uh, obviously, with a bow and arrow, you're going more for a, a center mass body shot. Um, well, it all depends how close you are. Okay. I mean, if you got them from me to you, out to find five, six feet. Right. You want to aim right where their neck and their head meet. And take it off clean. That'd be cool to see. <laughs> now, if you're talking 40, 50 yard shot, you don't, I mean, unless you're Robin Hood. Right. Trust me. Which I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, so, how about taking off the you know, the spurs? I imagine you just, you just kind of cut the leg. Yeah, just cut the leg right at the knuckle, yep. break it off. <clears throat> okay. And then the the beard, how do you get that off? Grab it right down at the base and rip real fast and hard. Comes right out like a paintbrush. Now there are there are turkeys that get two beards sometimes. So they can get nine beards. Wow. Have How you often have you seen that? How often have I killed one? I've or never or killed or one. I've killed one. one with two beards. I've seen them one guy shot one that had seven last year that I know. Holy cow. And it's usually one big beard, right? And then a they series can, of smaller some of them, beards. Yeah, some of them can be real skinny or some of them can be real thick. I've seen one that had four that were just probably inch and a half around. All, all the beards were. But, I've also seen one that had <laughs> three strands that they call it a beard. Do you think that's wow. an age thing or just... Probably aging genetics. What they eat, you know. I mean, there's like anything. The better food you have, the better you're gonna grow. Right. Is that something the female would be more attracted to? No. no. Females are just once they mount up, that's all. Once they're ready to fold, they'll lay down. And it's just dominance. Male takes over. And there are <laughs> hens that grow beards too, and you can kill those. Right and they away. still lay eggs though, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've heard they're a little bit more aggressive. Oh, yeah, they'll come in there, and now you'll know who the bad bitch is in the whole flock. If she's got a beard, she's ready to roll. She'll That's... be pushing the other ones around, whatever she wants to do, but she runs the roof. Yeah, because we, we were talking in episode one about... Uh, Does with antlers. Yeah, uh, and some of them can still conceive, and some of them can't. Have you ever come across the turkey nest? Yeah. What's that like? Have you ever seen a turkey egg? No. They're like tan colored with little black speckles on them. I mean, if you find one... Nine times out of ten, once she's waited, she's going to be sitting on the eggs. So if you're walking through the woods and all of a sudden a turkey pops up out of nowhere and scares the shit out of you, walk over there and there'll be a, probably a nest a foot and a half, two foot around. Huh. Oh, shit. That, uh, what, what, what's a normal <clears throat> clutch for? It all depends how, how the weather's been, how many you know possums, raccoons have got in there and got her eggs. Environmental conditions. 
Um, How old the bird is, what kind of diet they have. They could have nine eggs. They could have 15. Right. Hmm. And what, I wonder what the survival rate is for, uh, hey. I know, I know my grandma hey. complains about it all the time. Uh, Want to look that up for us, <laughs> Research Ray? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wonder what the survival rate is for, for, for young turkeys in, state, in Michigan. Like I said, with, <clears throat> with, with predation, because we got a lot. I mean, like you said, possums, sure. raccoons. A lot of people don't realize that they'll eat them. You know, they'll get into your chicken coop and wreak havoc. Mink. For a Make smart, too. As, a, as an older turkey is, um, our young turkeys, they tend to be a little easier to get to. Like The most. jakes, jakes, I mean, they're as soon as they see anything, decoy that you're calling to, they'll come right to you okay. in a heartbeat. Uh. But I mean, so like I said, if it's, if it's the time and it's on and, the, you know, the strut's hard, it doesn't matter. As soon as, if, once they got <laughs> in there with the brains, if they're ready to come get a piece, they're going to come out looking for them. Like for whitetail, the rut sometimes, it'll fire off slow. It'll take a week or two to lead into it. There'll be signs of it. Is is turkey hunting kind of the same thing? Um, I mean, I honestly think it's all due to the weather. Okay. You know, if it's cold, rainy, shitty, wet, nasty. Right. It seems to swell. You might see them out strutting, but they might not even be worried about breeding right now. Right. Just if it warm, if it's got a nice warm, dry spring, it could be on my donkey Kong. What What's the typical length of time that they tend to breed? Is it Is it a couple weeks? Is it just a week? Probably from like the end of April till mid May, I say, would be okay. your peak time, depending on the weather. Right. And yeah, so so the, the the females lay their eggs, they hunker down. I would think later season, since a lot of the hens are already tied up, that if you go out there and start yelping, that you'd get a lot more responses. But from my experience, that didn't happen later in the season in May. Right. I mean, say you got a flock of 70, 60 birds, and you got 15, 20 toms in there. They're going to run around and run around just like deer do. They're going to get ran down eventually, and once they've had enough and it, the weather changes, they just decide, fuck it, I'm done. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll split off and go do their own thing. Okay. Right. They'll go back to eating, you know, and <coughs> doing their thing. Because once they get their piece, they're done. Now, have you heard of people using dogs to break up flocks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently. People do it with four-wheelers in the fall. Yeah, they break up the flock, and then it, it helps them in call the spring, them in. In the springtime, you know, when they're mating, that's their whole main purpose. That's what they're right. looking for. In the fall time, the best thing to kill a fall turkey is to find a flock, bust it, and then set up right where you bust them because they're all going to come back to where you busted them. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I was reading, I think it was down south, they were sending, uh, they have these dogs that their their main job is to go break up a flock. The flock breaks up, and then, like you said, you, you just sit down and start yelping and trying to call them back oh yeah you'll hear them coming back mm-hmm. you guys found the uh, the answer there it says 10 to 40 percent 10 to 40 percent survival rate this, this is according oh, wow. to the nwtf.org it says various studies indicate 10 to 40 percent of nests successfully hatch then only about 25 percent of that 10 to 40 percent will make it beyond the four-week stage um, owls are appropriate <clears> too. maybe that comes into play with the call the owl call oh right? yeah so they're coming to protect their nest or whatever it says before hatching they're in danger of foxes skunks bobcats raccoons possums coyotes crows hogs dogs and some snakes so there's Hmm. a lot of stuff out there looking for a turkey so was a 40 to 60 of them hatch and then 25 percent of the hatched ones survive right 10 to 10 to 40 10 to 40 40. gotcha yeah okay either way it's less than half of all of the nesting eggs, and then less than a quarter of what actually does 
Make so it she has to a clutch nest. of six eggs, three hatch. <laughs> wow. You, you talk to one or two birds, yeah. Right. I mean, just think if she lays her nest somewhere where it's wet, we get a bunch of rain that floods. Right. They're all gone. Right. Back back to the owl thing, though. Like That just reminded me. I, I've heard about people, uh, is it called shot calling turkeys, where they basically go out in the woods, make a real loud noise real quick, and it, and it, it shocks them, and they, and they gobble. Have you heard of that? Thunder is one of them I've ever seen them do. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've heard of Thunder doing that yeah. before, too, but that's I mean, that might be an interesting principle. That might be the whole thing with the crow call, right. blasting it through the woods, too. That's what I read. Uh, they think they're getting their egg. Yeah, right. uh, if, you, if you're locating, trying to locate it where they're roosting it. Lean into that thing so you can hear it. If you're trying to locate where they're roosting it, blow an owl or a crow call, mm-hmm. and they'll gobble hard at it, basically letting it know, like, I'm here, I'm here and I will protect what is here. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. My kids, bitch. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, cause well, you know, the hens don't gobble, right? No. But uh, toms will yelp like hens do, right? But it sounds a little different. Yeah, it's not like a squeak, more like a squeak or a squeal than actually a yelp. Yeah. And, and you hear about people talk like they they say they they call raspy and not raspy. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. But but what? Which one do you prefer, I guess, or do you just do what you do and I just do what, what I do? <laughs> yeah. I, I know there's different. There's box calls, um, which is basically, as it sounds, it's a box with like a, if you don't know, it's it's got like a sliding uh, plank on top that you kind of rasp against the side of the bottom of the box, and it makes that turkey squelch noise sort of. There's a diaphragm call. Are there different types of diaphragm calls? Yeah. Are there different Single pitches? Single reed, and, double reed, and there's cut calls, there's... Ones that are made for purring, they're more raspy, more higher, young. I mean, it's young turkeys, old turkeys. So what, I guess you say purring. Can you show us the difference yeah, between w- a purr and... I don't even do a purr. Okay. Yeah, dude, I was, I was just going to say, <laughs> And unless you sit there for hours and hours and play with them, I mean, it's it vibrates the shit out of your roof of your mouth. Right. Oh, my kids were laughing their fucking asses off of me the other day. I had the, I had the <laughs> diaphragm call, and I was sitting in the kitchen, and I was trying to practice doing a purr call. Which is basically it's on the lips, right? Yeah. You know, with sound keeping, like a with turkey, you sound like a dying yeah. fucking elephant <laughs> right. or something. I sounded like a horse having a seizure <laughs> slash Tourette's fit, I and mean, it was it was pretty bad. But or I would nail it. It's not something I would try in the woods. Put it that way, because so, it's too big of a risk of messing that one up. There's a box call and a diaphragm call. Are there other types of calls that you could use for turkeys? There's a slate call. A slate call, which would be the just round a, one with a bull stick. Okay, the, like a slate. Uh, like a coaster size and then you have a stick you take the stick like a pencil sort of and you just kind of scrape along that it's like a clay or something right? yeah what's what's the surface of that thing slate 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 or glass Mm -hmm. and it makes that sort of that chirpy turkey sort of noise i don't know how to explain it that that's an easier one to do purrs on right because you can kind of just drag it yep um yeah diaphragm calls that's that's more for close distance Al showed up today. You have a call that goes on the side of your gun. Yeah, it's the... Uh, <coughs> oh, no shit. It's a push-pull. So it's basically... Dummy-proof. Basically Dummy a box proof. call with a, a spring set up on it, so... Now, Al has a magnetic part that actually allows it to attach to the side of his shotgun. Um, but That one came with a little bungee cord. Yeah, it's essentially just a plastic box that has sort of a, a plastic... He's got a rod going through. Right. <laughs> a reed on a spring. It's, uh, it's got like a triangle wood thing under it that you rub it on there. Yeah, sort of the same idea behind a slate call. 
just a little more convenient. Um, so when you got your gun up, you can just kind of press hit it, that? Hit then, it with your thumb yep. or keeping the movement to a minimum to try to, you know, keep from being spotted. You want to give us some cuts from your diaphragm? Now, that, that's, to, that, like we said, that's when they're coming in they're being stubborn. If, if, they're, if they're coming in, you don't want to do anything, right? Just keep letting them, keep letting them creep. Yep. So these cuts would be for if they're kind of stalled. Stalled or if they come 20, 30 yards top, look. Just keep clucking at them. So can we describe what the diaphragm looks like, how to put it in? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, um, it's, oh. it's basically like a, a thin wafer that's got sort of a, like a piece of wax paper, sort of. It's rubber in the middle. And it's then it's white tats. Yeah, the white tats are either like a horseshoe shape. And, then and it's, it, it, yeah, it's got, it's got layered pieces of latex in the middle. And on the outside, it's like a, uh, like a real durable, like athletic tape type. You, you can trim it down to, to, to fit your mouth. And and, it's, and the inside, it's got a little metal piece that you can bend Some to make it kind of, yeah. So you say it's like a horseshoe shape. How do you? Yeah, you want to put it in the opposite of a mouth guard, right? Yeah, you want yeah. to read yep. toward the outside. Yep, exactly. Okay. And then you put it, you put that toward on the roof of your mouth, and then you're letting the air pass through your between your tongue and those uh, latex pieces, and that's what makes your noise, which he's gonna do a cut for us. <laughs> that's just from blowing out against. The yeah, diaphragm. you push your tongue up against the bottom there and against the roof of your mouth. Right. And right, your tongue's gonna be in the front of your teeth. And it wiggles the shit out of your tongue. Oh, it, it, it tickles the it hell out of It vibrates. It's pretty. It's once now, you figure it takes a while to figure one out. I mean, right. you, your average joint, you go grab one and just. Yeah, I've tried throw it in your before mouth. for a couple it's hours, and I lost total interest in it because I yeah. couldn't get it to work. If you gag, if you gag real easy, that's yeah, another problem. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, and you can trim that tape back, right? If yeah, I trimmed this one way down. This is a brand new one. I haven't trimmed yet. I heard okay. that chewing on it too, kind of breaks the latex up and makes it a little more pliable. Oh yeah, but if you bite too hard and put a hole in it, throw it away. Now, what's the average cost like for a guy that's never been turkey hunting before and wants to get into it? You would, yeah, you would need something. You know, obviously you want your full camo. You're gonna want whatever shotgun, uh, bow and arrow. If you've never done it before, probably the shotgun's gonna be your your easiest bet. Um, what would be your basic setup? Your, do you want to go out and, and buy a diaphragm call right away? I mean, you could. They're not that expensive. Anywhere from okay. ten bucks to fifteen bucks. That's what I was asking. I guess it. You got a Primo's three pack for like ten ninety nine. Okay, yeah. so they're they're reasonably priced. But do you need them to kill turkeys, or is, is it just no? I mean, to have your them? your botch call, your sweat call, the push pull ones. Them are for okay. anybody to use. Okay. If you if you know the basic sounds of turkey make, well, <clears throat> that's another thing too. Is I didn't realize how. Vo- I, I guess I, I I knew it, but I never really paid attention to it of how vocal they are when they get in close you know when they walk by in the fall then it's like a con- they're all having a conversation you know and it's real subtle i mean don't hear it from a ways off but we've kind of been talking about it suffice it to say a turkey does a lot more than just gobble they make a whole range of noises uh mm-hmm. clucks purrs um you know things like that that unless you're out there unless you've heard it before like you said you don't pay attention to it you you don't generally think of turkeys being sort of as vocal as they are. Yeah, um, very vocal. Does being around them, obviously, more in the woods, that helps you harvest them easier? Is, is it just the, the more you're around them, the easier it is to deal with them, or are they still sort of a challenge, I guess? Once you figure out how to jail them, 
That's it's like walking set, in the park. Setting a mousetrap. That's okay. awesome. So, so for so, for somebody that <laughs> just have to learn the language. Right. Right. For somebody that's a complete or get close, a total rookie like me, you know, that goes out and they know, like we've seen turkeys in the fall out at that property in Buchanan, and you know, I know they're there. I have no idea where they're roosting though. No idea, and I don't have time to get out there and put them to bed. So when I go out opening morning, so I'm basically, so should I stand on the edge of the property? I just yelp a couple times. Walk around to you get a response. Locate and try to close the distance. and yeah. Quiet, slow. Call, wait, call, wait, keep going until you find them. They're there and they're ready. You get close enough, they hear you, they're going to gobble. Now, if, now if you're going out to, to, to try to find out where they're roosting, and you haven't actually laid eyes on the turkey, what are you looking for as far as sign? Scat, tracks, right? But a lot dust of scat. Dust bowls. Dust bowls, which Scratch would look like what? Ground. Little indents in uh, the ground. Yeah. They weigh there and dust themselves in dirt. Which is when they, well, they flap their wings and throw it all over themselves. No, they roll all over it. Yeah. Oh, what, why do they do that? Just get parasites out of their feathers. It's like a, Dry training, their a training thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it helps them. Like any other it's animal. It's like a cat licking itself. You know? Right, right. When they get wet... Uh, it's uncomfortable and they you know they want to get dry so they they dust themselves with uh like they're not gonna be in a swamp no. dusting themselves they're gonna sand be, yeah. dry dirt yep. so if you find one of those spots that's a decent spot you know to they're not gonna come right? back to the same spot every day though they'll do it all the way around the field they'll do it two fields over oh really so they're not married to a spot then no shit because <laughs> <laughs> i I've, I've found a spot out of my parents house i was like all right you know but it didn't look like they it, They'd been there for a couple of days, so I was wondering. I mean, they'll usually do like a general area. They'll like do a circle. Let's say you got 20 acres of hardwoods, and then you got four fields around it. They're going to go in a circle around there and be living in them woods roosting. But right. they could roost on the east side one day, the west side, the north side, south side, depending on which, however they move. And, and turkeys, from the minute they get down to the minute they roost, I mean, they're constantly moving, right? They don't yeah. usually stay still very long. No, they're not, they're not going to be like the deer where they're going to get up in the morning and then go bed down and then get right. up later. They're going to keep moving around all day long. It makes sense that we haven't been able to pattern, pattern right. them on my trail cam. Keeping just sporadic. Keeping that in mind, is there a favorite time that you have to go out? Is it better for you in the morning? Is it better for you in the evening? Or morning. is it just, is there any Hands reason for that? Morning. Just, is that because they're more vocal in the morning? Yeah, or, usually. Yeah. I've always found it either that or like, they're tired like 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, too, if you can get out there and it's okay. a nice sunny day. They'll be out there and you can catch them out in the field, set up on a wood edge, and try to bring them to you. Nice. So, when you're looking for, uh, like, like scat, <clears throat> is there a difference between male and female? No, it's all bird shit. Right? <laughs> all bird shit. <laughs> which is... <laughs> which, it, it's, if anybody's seen goose shit, I mean, they're... Is it different than goose shit? It, it, I think it all is, It all depends right? how, you know, how much, if they're having a lot of grain or what like that. Could come out like right. water, could come out and turds, or try to play dough colors your kid mixed up and... Yeah pushed out you know right. yeah, and they i mean they all got a little bit of white on there which is i found out recently that it's because uh that's uric acid because okay. when you know birds just got one universal hole so when they piss and shit it just all comes out in one giant mess so that's yeah. what that white stuff is yeah nasty but um yes yeah, so a tur- turkey shit basically looks like <clears throat> like a goose turd um right. just a little bit of white on the, more towards the tip i've noticed and it's, it's usually like in a J, right? Yeah. Like like a J shape. And it's only <clears throat> inch and a inch and, inch and a quarter, maybe. Bigger round is a pencil, maybe a little bit bigger. 
Yes. So if you're finding a lot of those in one area, I've there's noticed a lot of birds. Right. Just myself walking around the woods, anytime I think I, I see some turkey sign, generally there's going to be a turkey feather floating around in there yeah. too. Mm-hmm. It so always. Around, like you were saying with the turds. Yeah, there always seems to be. Turkeys generally leave, I don't say a lot of sign, but if you know what you're looking for, they leave plenty of sign to recognize. Tracks are a big one. I mean, their their yeah. tracks stand out like a sore oh, thumb. Uh, three toe, three toe bricks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, actually, it's Much funny is it looks exactly <laughs> like a goose track minus the web feet. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, it seems like their claws are a little bit bigger. That could just be me, but I have no idea. Their toenails are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're oh, yeah. holding on to branches. So another thing is if you get an older bird from it roosting all the time, right where it's breast when it sits on the tree limb, mm-hmm. it'll wear the feathers off right there. Really. I guess that makes sense. But. Now, do they have a lot of diseases that go along with them? I have no idea. Yeah, the uh, the only thing I've heard of is uh, is like a, a beard rot, but I, beard rot. But I don't know how common that is around here. I've never heard of it. I mean, I've shot Besides birds. On the I've shot birds that have had a beard that was eight inches long, but you could tell it was wandering. And at the very end of it, it's all brittle, and you could grab it and just twist it, and it snaps right off. Right. That yeah. could be part of that too. Yeah, that's what they said. Rubbing it, it on it's, trees when they're roosting, you know, it's nothing hmm. gonna happen. It's uh, shit. I actually wrote it down. It's uh, if melanin production returns to normal, beard will be back weak. Okay, yeah. So this is saying if it has beard rot at one point and then, you know, it basically fixes itself, you'll have a spot in the beard where it'll, it'll be like black, and then you'll have like a brown band of real brittle hair, and then it'll, the rest of it will be normal. Straighten itself out, sorta. Yeah, I mean, like I've never, like I said, I've never seen it or I've right. never heard no, anybody talk about band's it. Bands weak, you know. I'm mean, thinking about turkeys are rolling around in dirt, roosting in trees. All they had to do is bump it, they'll snap it off at that weak spot. And that hair on their beard, that it looks real coarse. Like I'd imagine it'd be like, it's like a, a paintbrush bristle. Yeah, you yeah. can actually take a turkey beard and paint with it. Oh shit! <laughs> my kid did it with three of my beards. So, <laughs> oh, it's awesome. That's pretty cool. So uh, he thought it was. <laughs> Your usual mount. Hang on a second. Did he ask you first or is this? No. Okay. No, I think he was like four this or five and we were out in the garage and yeah. gave him some paint and paintbrush. I'd say, no, he grabbed my turkey beards off the freezer and I'm painting, Dad. Oh, yeah, cool. That's, Whatever, dude. What are you going to do? Yeah. Use black. Right. right. Spray paint him when you're done. That's cool. So, so your usual mount, I mean, do you mount all your turkeys? No, I used to, but... Not anymore. I do it for my kid now when he shoots. I mean, if you do it yourself, it ain't that bad. It's not that hard either, right? No, you just pull, pull the fan out, tack it out, sprinkle salt on it, dry it out, put that on the back of a piece of wood, put it to your feet. You can either do a whole leg or you can just cut off the spurs about an inch and a half on each side, mm-hmm. hollow them out, put them in salt to dry them out, drill a hole, belt, drill a hole through it with a drill bit, clean it out. And then your beard, same thing. Let that dry out, put that on a black or whatever you want to do you pretty much do it anyway when people mount turkeys they're not talking about like a full size a full body turkey mount they're doing like a turkey fan and then you know we talk about the beard and the spurs those are kind of the things the indicators put their shotgun shell or their arrow whatever they shot the bird with on there um do like with geese sometimes they're banded do turkeys ever have Bands on no, it? No, I've never seen a t- abandoned turkey. I don't think I, they even waste their time because there's I don't, so yeah, many of them. I don't think I've ever heard of one, but I just they don't migrate. They're thinking about it. I mean, when they band them for <clears> geese <throat> and ducks and stuff, that's mainly to track their migrations. Okay. 
than the way with fish. You know, they pull out a fish and they tag a fish down in Lake Erie and then it right. runs up through Lake Huron, hits the rivers, and then you catch it in Grand Rapids. Right. Or Berrien Springs or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they offer $100 a tag. Have you ever had issues like you've been hunting a property that has turkeys and then one season they're just not there? No. No? It's like out of my parents' house, I know they're, they used to come through the whole the middle of the property constantly it just seems like in the past year that that's changed i, I was they found a better spot is that what it is that sucks or the or the flock, <laughs> or the flock got smaller you know all right, right. They're right. Still <clears throat> yeah yeah they're there we're, we're, they're we're right at the wood line. well they're at the property line is what's uh, yeah that's yeah that can be an issue huh what the property line yeah that's a real big issue <laughs> it sucks because I, I I have a pretty good idea where they're roosting. I just I think where they're moving when they get down is away from me. I, so I'm I'm hoping I get out there opening morning, let out a few yelps, and it's I, over with. Yeah, hopefully, lucky. hopefully. Like I, I have no idea where they're roosting. So your advice would be to just start at the outside. Yeah, I mean, get in there, wait till it gets daylight. Let them, let them come down and then just ease on through there until you get a response. Well, you have to be slow and methodical. Yeah, you can't just go chomping through there like Bigfoot, because yeah, yeah, otherwise right. you'll flush them on the heartbeat. Yeah, you're not getting any closer. They're fucking moving yeah. away. Because they, they, don't, they don't smell real well. We talked about that, but they see but they real well. Yeah, yeah. And hear decent. Their eyesight is their, their best defense mechanism now, they have. if you spook a turkey... Just like your gun, if you you got nice fresh oil down gun, it's all nice and shiny. Right. As soon as that sunlight hits that, that bird sees that and knows it is in the tree tree branch. Yep, you're done. Once they spook, is there a chance you're gonna see them again, or they just go away and you don't? I mean, you can spook them on one side of the property and do a circle around them and catch them on the other side and bring them okay. right back to you. Now, what if what if you get blown while you're calling? Like so, like Tom's coming in, you're calling, you're calling, you get busted. Is he gonna be call shy next time? No. I mean, their brain's the size of a peanut. They don't like they're going to have a good memory. Right. It's not like a deer. It's going to be okay. You pitch out of your stand every time he comes out after that. He I looks was just right up say, the tree edge. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of the most depressing things when you're deer hunting. And yeah. you're calling and then you get busted. You're like, shit. I've actually, I've actually got a doe that I've let her walk now for four or five years. <clears throat> and every trail cam picture I have of her by my tree stand, she's looking right at That's it. funny you say that. I had the same problem with Ethel. I think we talked about her in episode <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Every year she sends her fawns, her two fawns out first. Mm -hmm. Every time she'll sit back and she just stares at me. We get me and Ethan got busted. Oh yeah, we we got busted opening morning, and uh, ever since then she'd come out every time she'd look right at that tree stand, whether we were there or not. That's right where her head went every time. So, would you say turkey hunting is harder than deer hunting? Is it just a different sort of sport? Different sort of sport. Like difference between like bluegill fishing and and well like i said before what turns me on about it is walleye fishing yeah it's calling them in man right you know like that's it seems a lot it's a lot of this sounds similar to deer hunting you know you got your young jakes they're gonna come running in you know they're a lot easier to work as far as calls go right you know and you know you could relate that to deer all day long the challenge is in the pursuit Mm -hmm. you know it's it's going out and trying to outsmart this animal that makes its its everyday life is surviving and you're stepping into its territory and trying to outmaneuver an animal that that is, is, has to be. And on what's top different from deer hunting, survive. right? And what's different than deer hunting? You're not sitting. I mean, you can ambush them, but it sounds like the majority of the hunting you do for turkeys, 
as you're calling and moving and setting up. Right. I mean, it's it's a lot more involved. I mean, you're not you're not just sitting and waiting. But you're also reversing nature too, because the tom's nature is to, you know, poise itself up and look all pretty for the hen to come to him, and you're making hen calls trying to get him to come mm-hmm. to you. So it's like a complete reversal of nature to try to get him to come in closer. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what I say. I love I love that about deer hunting. You know, you're trying to act like you're a hot doe. <laughs> you know, or or another that's, buck that's trying to get on with that. They do make right. gobble calls though too. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I was thinking yeah. when you were talking about the raspy or the not raspy. I was thinking team. like you're trying to make yourself sound seductive like to that time. time. <laughs> so he's wanting to come over there and look at it and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's fun. It, it's 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 fun when you when you when you can you feel like you're talking to that animal, man. I I do anyway. When I'm when I'm deer hunting, it's like. Right. Even if it's a year and a half old buck, I still think it's cool as shit when I call him in. You know, <laughs> it, fuck it's with cool. him for ten minutes straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let him Try walk to... away, bring him right back, <laughs> let him walk away. You said you hunt primarily with shotguns, right? Yeah, for, for turkey. So, is there like a preferred range that you try to get them in? Well, <clears throat> since two thousand, I mean, no late nineties, how far you can shoot or whatever. But... Technology has came a long way with anything. Right now, you got shotguns and you got special made shotgun shells now, like them Winchester uh, lawn yeah. beards. Right there, you run eight. 45 yards with a Carlson. He's long pointing beard at choke it. and uh, the Winchester long beard. See, I run, I run a double full. That he used to pattern his gun. Double full choke, and the Winchester lawn beard. That's ours. And since the yard, you can just smoke their head right off. That was 45. I was sitting down. But then the other thing you got to think of is if they're. That's nice when they're out there at 40, 50, 60 yards. But right. when they're at 10 feet, right. your pattern is like this, exactly. right. the size of a golf ball. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you jerk that fucking trigger, say goodbye and be ready yeah, to follow up. Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a thought I pulled away from that when I shot that. Uh, I was thinking, you know, that's nice at 45, but if they're closer, I'm not going to want to be that precise, you know. You know, you're going to have to be more precise. Right. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want the pattern to be that small is what I'm saying. Because yeah, but you're, you're closer in, it's going to be You'd be talking about center you're, punching you're, a hole through a turkey right. from 10 feet. Yeah, aim small this one. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to – your room for error is a lot. I mean, even with, even with, like, you know, a double full choke at 20 yards, you're going to be maybe the size of a beer can. Right. So if you get all nerved up, oh, shit, here he comes. It's like yeah. buck fever, you know. You get fucking shaking a little bit. You pull up on him, come down on his head. Boom, and you pull that fucking barrel, say goodbye. Yep. And just get ready to get a second or third shot. It's like any other any other style of hunting or any other uh, thing that you do in the outdoors. There's no necessarily right or wrong way to do it. It's you have to get out and figure out just, what yeah, works best for you. Yeah, before you know what type of call you want to use or how close you want to get them, you need to know how you're going to use that right. weapon at that range. Right, that's part of, and go from there. Part of going out and hunting. Spending time is, with them. Right, yeah. taking the time to pattern your gun. To know what what shells work the best, to know what choke tube's going to do the best for what you. What size shot? What size shot? Um, yeah. You know, figure out how comfortable you are with shooting, forty yards, fifty right, yards, sixty yards. Mm-hmm. Right? There's we there's no. Bows, I, I was just going to say like, with our, with our bows. <laughs> yep. For getting ready for deer season, yeah. or Ray and I will shoot, you know, fifty yards, 15, sixty yards. Sixty-five. Yeah, and we feel. I, I I wouldn't take a fifty-yard shot on on a whitetail unless I absolutely had to with a bow. But I am deadly as shit at twenty five thirty. Right. You know. Right. And you know, we, you spend a lot of time with a stick and a string. 
you need to do that with a gun too, like like we just talked about. You know, right. you need to know what that gun's gonna do at different distances because the pattern's gonna be completely different. And he's a lot better than I am. And the only difference is I don't practice for the long shots like he does. Right, and that's just so when it's in close, it's like a no-brainer. That's just taking the time to do it. With anything else, the more time you spend practicing with the tool that you're gonna use to do whatever job you want to do, the better, hopefully, you get with it. Otherwise, you're just wasting time and, and money. So for the don't knows that Bert's always talking about, <laughs> don't go buy a shotgun and then take it out the next day to hunt. Right. Familiarize yourself with the weapon. Know <clears throat> what you're doing before you go out there to try to harvest an animal. Right. That's good. We're good all about ethics. ethics. Yeah. Good responsibility. But I mean, that's um, that's that's a life. You know, if you're if you're gonna go out there and harvest you know, that animal. You want it to be clean. You want it to be ethical. So the right. last thing you want to do is wound it and be chasing a crippled turkey halfway across the field because yeah. they can run a lot faster than you can. Along, yeah, right. and either a you're gonna feel like shit, and if you don't feel like shit, then you have no business being out there. Right. You know. Well, nobody goes out in the woods to hunt. Hopefully, just to wound the animal and let it get away. Right. I, um, speaking about the last thing that you would do, you mentioned that you take out both breasts and the, and the legs. What do you do with them? What do you do with the turkeys that you kill? Can you give us like a quick Put what's them in the grind? Do you chop chop it up? And yeah. Fry? I mean, what what's you, a good way to eat them? Wrap them in bacon and smoke them. Wrap them in bacon, bacon and smoke it. Absolutely. From in the oven. Yeah. That's <laughs> See, good I, advice, by the way. Wrap anything in bacon yeah, and smoke that's, it. That's yes. Food, man. That's, <laughs> in, in a perfect world, you can make jerky with it too, but you got to be careful because they'll dry out in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. yeah I've heard. I've heard it's pretty dry. Too many peppers on the jerky. Oh yeah, yeah. we if forgot to mention that. So yeah. So Brewer came by today. Oh, so Brewer came by today, and he brought with him this 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 jerky. What what do you name this shit? Hellfire jerky. Hellfire is a good name for that's, it. That's yeah. that's the perfect name for yeah, it because yeah, it he is. he sent me a text and said, uh, I asked him what kind of beer he drinks. You know, when we were setting this up, and he says, you know, the free kind. <coughs> and uh, I'll take one of those too. Yes, sir. And. uh he says you get you guys like uh, hot stuff. Absolutely, I underestimated the hot. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, Holy shit! Ray had to run inside. I don't know if he of... puked or. or... No. <laughs> well, give it to Alex. When I got oh, here and okay. you said it was spicy, I said no, it's hot. Yeah, you weren't out there when Alex came out and his eyes were watering. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, it's good. It's good. The, no, you I had you. Run in like a bitch. I ran oh, in there okay. Okay. With my kid. I said because I was yeah, like, that's... damn. It burned for a while. Actually, right be, right before we hit record. <laughs> is when it finally started to settle down that we yeah, can actually 20 start minutes talking later. normal. We were outside <laughs> trying to talk, and I had drool coming out of my mouth. But, yeah. The man's a, a, a turkey hunter and a hell of a hot jerky maker. No shit. So <laughs> how many peppers you got in that thing? All a of lot. them. All of them? <laughs> you want to you name them off? Because you were naming them outside. And... Uh, Carolina Reaper, ghost peppers, hot Hungarian wax, habaneros, jalapenos. All the hot ones. Holy shit! Yeah, the first thing we said when we opened the bag was, "That's a lot of seeds." Well, yeah, you look at the you look at the jerky in the bag, and it's just covered in pepper seeds. So you know immediately it's probably not going to be real mild. But it uh, it surprised the hell out of me. You said it was hot. It's good for the spring. You weren't lying. Warm you up. Yeah. You think after everybody's talking about it? It's good for ice fishing. No, no, I know. Well, <laughs> good for ice fishing. You like that? All right. Well, I think we can wrap this thing up. Uh, Nathan, thank you. That's awesome, dude. Thanks for coming. No problem. Me. Thank you very much for your time, man. Hopefully, uh, we inspired everybody to go out and kill him a turkey because I'm, oh, I need one. God I know. This was... is this is my third tag. I'm gonna do it. 
Yeah, Gotta going do into it. this episode, I was a little more leery about turkey hunting. Yeah. I've always heard that it was a lot harder than it is. Um, you actually make it sound like it's it's easy enough that somebody like me could go out and, and try it and be successful at it. And this will be a, a test of time because we got Al and Ray going out to try it. You're going to go out and try it. You know, let's maybe have an episode later Obviously. on this year. Oh, we're going to do an update. <laughs> yeah. See, this episode is going to drop, actually, I think, uh, on top of my head, I think it's like May 3rd. So the season, it'll be right in the middle of the season. So, no shit. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna have an update, and we'll tell you guys how our seasons went. And uh, do your homework, locate the birds. Right, exactly. Get out there and try it. And you know what? If you do it, and you have a good time doing it, take a kid out and try it. Get people involved because that's the main reason why I started hunting again. Because my oldest boy, once he turned eight. Dad, I want to hunt turkey. That's okay. So I got all my turkey gear out, and away we went. There's so many lessons to be learned just from spending time in the woods, not in front of a TV, not in front of a cell phone, not in front of a tablet. You know, get out, breathe in the fresh air. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, get, get, them when, get them when they're younger. Honestly, like, don't, don't play that, I'm going to wait till he's 10, I'm going to wait till he's 12, and then take him out. I'm telling you right now, they will absolutely yes. love it. The earlier you get them out, the, the sooner the better, dude. They will. was 11 when he harvested his deer. I mean, yeah. I've had my oldest out there since he could walk. Yeah. See, if he walks 50 yards, I'm tired. You carry him for 100, yeah, put him back down. That being said, too, start young, but don't feel bad about starting late. Just get out and do yep, it. Yep. If they're already that age, just grab them and get them out you there. Know, check your rules and regulations, familiarize yourself with the laws, and, and do the best job you can do to be an ethical hunter and, and get a kid involved because the future of our sport and what we love doing depends on what we teach the people that are going to be taking over this cultivation of, of such precious resources for us. Right. So. No, no good memory or story started with, so we were sitting on the couch. Yeah, Eating right. All right, brothers and sisters, we'll talk to you next time. Brothers and sisters, that is it. So, hopefully this convinced those of you who have been on the, the, the fence about turkey hunting or just never really thought about turkey hunting before, hopefully this episode was enough to just convince you guys in the springtime to get your $15 tag, get you a $10 box call, get out and get after it. I can promise you you're going to have a good time. Uh, they call it Spring Thunder for a reason. Um, and those of you who have already filled their tag and got one in the freezer, congratulations, that's awesome. In the springtime, maybe t- take your buddy out that's never been turkey hunting before, you know, or you know, the neighbor kid or whoever. I can promise you when they sit with you, even, and hear, they hear that gobble and they see that thing come in, it's an experience they're never going to forget, and they will be hooked just like we all are. Um, right now we are smack dab, like I said, in the middle of turkey season. My season's already over. Al Cole's season, who was with us today, his is in full swing. My kids' season's in full swing, and we've just been having so much fun. I, it, it's ridiculous. I, I almost enjoy turkey hunting more than I enjoy deer, deer hunting. Yep, I said it. I said it. It's a blast. So, if you guys want to hear how our seasons went, um, tune in, not this next episode, but the episode after that. So, you're going to have to wait about a month, but... Uh, we might have to split that into two, or it might be like three hours long. So already there is so much to talk about. Um, it's awesome. So on that note, we will talk to you guys next time, and have a safe and successful turkey season. Later on.